Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, owner and user of Mint Mobile. And I am recording this message on my phone. I'm literally on my Mint phone. Why? Because fancy recording studios cost money. And if we spent money on things like that, we couldn't offer you screaming deals. Like if you sign up now for three months, you get three months free on every one of your plans, even unlimited. Visit mintmobile.com slash switch. Limited time, new customer offer. Activate within 45 days. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Unlimited customers using more than 40 gigabytes per month will experience lower speeds. Video streams at 480p. See mintmobile.com for details. Welcome to the Merge Feast, the podcast where we satisfy your cravings for all things Survivor. We're your hosts, Sam and Mags, and this is a recap for Season 45, Episode 12. I don't have any thoughts before we get to the recap. Okay, let's get right into it. All right. We have our previously on Survivor segment. This is kind of how the episode starts, is it gets right into it, so Mm -hmm. I figured I would just mirror that. (laughs) Austin is smitten, very clearly... In love with D. He's down bad. I liked this little recap of their relationship. Although I think there was a new clip that we hadn't seen before in there. Really? Which part? Where Austin says, love you. And she says, I love you. Oh, yeah. Yep. They say, I love you to each other. We hadn't seen that. You're right. Although there's a big difference between love you and I love you. Hmm. And you mentioned last week that you feel like maybe Austin is a little more invested in this relationship. Well... That kind of made me think you're right, because he said, I love you. She said, love you. Mm -hmm. Love you is what you say to your friends. I love you is what you say to the girl you want to marry, so... Austin is in deep. Yeah. All right. D is... She's in the shallow end. (laughs) Julie, of course, plays her idol at Tribal Council last episode to save herself when the vote was otherwise unanimous for her. She voids all the other votes and uses her single vote to take out Emily in a blind side. Of course, it recaps that she did all of that because D told her. Right. Ordered her. Yeah. Told her exactly what to do. And Julie just said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and did it. D is so smart. This episode and last episode, honestly, is a fantastic look for her. Yeah. No, she really takes command and I think is at the top of the leaderboard mm-hmm. in, t- in terms of favorites to win the season. We get to the after the vote segment. Everybody goes back to the Dakuwaka beach late at night. It's dark. Julie is, she's exhilarated. Mm -hmm. I would maybe describe her as. She's pretty pumped. She's pumped, but everybody else is feeling so awkward. This is one of the more awkward after the votes I've ever seen at a beach. Mm -hmm. Not only because she thwarted their plan, but because the people who's plan they thwarted were her closest allies. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of times people get saved with their idol, but they're already on the bottom. So it's not like they're betrayed. Yeah. But she was definitely betrayed and she handled it in a pretty weird way. Yeah. She, uh, they're like hanging out on, on the beach. It's Drew, Austin and D sitting on the beach and Julie comes up and like Throws herself on top of Drew. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was so cringy. I got to know, did she trip? Why did she do that? I wonder if her death perception was off in the dark. She just like walked over him. Honestly, before Julie gets there, the three of them are sitting there talking, um, being Drew, Dee, and Austin. And they're all just saying like, you know, who told her? Who told her? And Dee says, well, it wasn't me. And Austin's like, yeah, obviously it wasn't you. And 
I think those little moments are so funny as the audience that we know that it was D, but Austin and Drew are just keep saying, well, we know it wasn't one of us and it was one of them. Yeah. D actually does an amazing job and we've talked about it before. Like it must be much easier to lie in the dark, mm-hmm. but she does an amazing job of just, she fakes paranoia, mm-hmm. which is how she lies. She just says, Oh my gosh, Julie's going to be so mad at me. She's probably, she's going to come for me, which is a great way to lie because Mm -hmm. nobody would, people would just expect you to just be defensive when you lie. But when you're paranoid and fearful, that is, people think, oh, she must be for real because that's exactly how I would Absolutely. Drew has a a great line where he says, Julie must've just found out because we're all bad actors, which is hilarious because D who is acting just he's got him hoodwinked. Uh-huh. Yeah, he has absolutely no idea. Honestly. After Julie comes over and trips on him and falls on him, Drew's sick of Julie. You can just tell he wants he's so mad that she didn't go home. And honestly, what a contrast to two episodes ago where Drew and Julie had that emotional moment on the beach in the mm-hmm. morning where they cried and they said like it's not personal. Mm-hmm. We know that we're going to have to go for each other's throat at some point. And you know what? I love you. And it's okay. To him being like, I'm so bugged by her. <laughs> Honestly, she's so annoying. Yeah. I feel like Drew, when he was saying those things to Julie, he just thought in his mind, I'm going to vote you out in a, you know, either this tribal or next and we'll be okay. And so yeah. then when he tried and it didn't work, he's pretty bugged. I don't even know though. Julie must have seen Drew laying there on the beach. I don't think I don't think she just tripped over him. I think she just was just didn't know how to act. I mean, he's like he's huge first of all. And second of all, his skin is basically it's like translucent. It's so <laughs> white. It's like bioluminescent. He just glows glowing in, glows in the dark. He's like that kid from Sky High. Oh my and gosh. The, <laughs> it's not Warren Peace. Yeah. What's his name? Zeke or something. Zach. Zane. Zach. Zach sounds uh, right. Zach attack. She's, <laughs> meanwhile, she's being super passive aggressive about, remember the good old days? Right. Can't believe you all just tried to kill me. Passive course, aggressive is not a good look on this show. Yeah. I, it's not a good look ever, in my humble opinion, but especially not when there are a whole bunch of cameras on you and it just shows like this weird petty side of you. Well, it's probably harder than you think, so maybe you shouldn't be so judgmental about people, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> In the morning, we see Katura idol hunting. I like this. This hasn't been a very look for an idol, look for an advantage season. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that she's idol hunting. And it's hilarious because Austin opens his eyes from his long sleep and immediately counts how many people are in the shelter mm-hmm. and realizes that Katura is gone. You could tell for Austin, the game never stops. Like his eyes open and the first thing he does is make sure everybody's accounted for in the shelter. He notices Katura's missing, leans over to his wife and says, where's Katura? She must be idol hunting. That's true. So Austin and Dee, they stand up, leave everybody else in the shelter. At this point, it's pretty bright outside. It's morning time. The sun is up. And they're talking about, what do we say when we find her? Um, Well, I don't know. Hi. Good morning. (laughs) Doesn't seem like she's hiding it all that much. She left. It's not like she left like a sack of potatoes and a few pillows like under a blanket <laughs> to make people think she was still sleeping in the shelter. She's openly out there looking. Right. 
Which everybody should be. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Did you notice what Katura was wearing? Um, a green shirt and socks up to her knees. Are those socks? I thought so. So she's wearing shorts, really short shorts, and what looks to be like, I don't know, the world's longest leg warmers, they go all the way up to mid-thigh, and they're thick. The wool? Yeah, it's almost like she brought wool pants and then thought, I want these to be shorts, and cut them off, and then later wanted to... (laughs) Wanted to cover up more of her legs, so she sold a part of the pant that she cut off. Mm. She just wears them as long leg warmers? Yes. They were kind of rolled down, I thought, a little bit. It could have gone higher. It did, yeah, it did look like they were rolled down. And maybe that is what happened. Her line when Austin sneaks up on her is pretty funny. I don't remember it. Tell me what it was. Well, first she just she swears. She, he scares her so bad that she just <laughs> cusses him out. And then she says something along the lines of, huh, I'm always lost. I just don't lie when you get caught looking for an idol is my one request. Everybody knows what you're doing. She kind of comes clean after that. She says, yeah, I just didn't, I wanted to make sure that Julie didn't find the idol. So I'm looking. Yeah. Just in case it got replanted out here. Speaking of Julie, Julie raises from, (laughs) do you know what part I'm talking about? Yes. She's laying flat on her back in the shelter. Julie raises from the bed like she was being called back from the grave. (laughs) Even the music that plays when she sits up. Yes. So she's just like laying there, stick straight, and then, yeah, almost like a vampire coming out of a coffin, just hinges at the waist and just (laughs) goes right up. Exactly. She didn't sleep a wink last night. She was thinking about the traitors around her. Mm -hmm. But she wakes up and she and Drew decide to go have a conversation. And she's trying to rebuild the connection with him. Yeah. Drew is... Pretending to rebuild the connection. Right. But Drew is not an understanding man. No, he is not. He's petty. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. Yes, I was just going to say, Julie wanting to mend this bridge, not great TV. Yeah, probably smart survivor, but mm-hmm. not great TV. Yeah. Exactly right. What do you want? Do you want a million dollars or do you want to make me happy? It better be make us happy. <laughs> Julie, she can smell the bull crap mm-hmm. coming from Drew at this point. Right. She sniffs it out. She knows that he's just making it up. He doesn't He doesn't like her. He doesn't want to work with her anymore. Right. She represents his failure to him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how he looks at her now. <laughs> she says in her talking head after her conversation with Drew, I feel like it's lies. And I'm sitting over here thinking, you feel like you know. You know. He you voted did. for you last night. Obviously, it's lies. At first, I thought, oh, she's just putting on this front to try and mend this. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, oh, Julie, please don't be stupid enough to actually think you're mending this. Yeah, Drew, you've been with Drew for a long time now. You know how petty he mm-hmm. is. After Drew and Julie have their moment, she's like, I'm swearing on everybody. My mom, my grandma, my dogs, and guess what? When I get back in Florida, they're all going to be okay and they're going to be happy because I want a million dollars. That's right. We love seeing people <laughs> lie. After Julie talks with Dee, they kind of conclude that Drew needs to go. Right. And Dee is down with that plan, it would mm-hmm. seem. Dee says anybody but Austin. That's true. She's got to look out for her real number one. Mm-hmm. It's basically what she tells Julie to her face again. Right. She does say, like, Austin didn't really want to get you out. He's mm-hmm. the one that told me 
So let's not target Austin. He's a good guy. He's handsome too. He's got a good jawline, don't you think? <laughs> let's get Drew. That's what D says. Julia has a good talking head where she says, I wanted to work with the Re before. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Drew happened. Mm -hmm. Well, we get to a commercial break and when we get back, there is a reward challenge set up. Should we do a reward challenge breakdown? Yep. Let's do it. All right. So for this challenge, they race from the ocean until they get onto the sand to a barrel. They have to stand on that barrel and roll it around while on top of it using ropes to guide them along a course as they collect three keys. Once they have all three, they unlock and solve a slide puzzle. Classic swim to a barrel, roll the barrel, <laughs> unlock a slide puzzle challenge. <laughs> I'd never seen this barrel thing before. Me neither. I liked it. It was really fun to it watch. It was pretty intense. Jeff goes over what the reward actually is. He starts by saying... Who wouldn't want a picnic? And he rips off this blanket <laughs> and he shows an assortment of picnic-like foods. I disagree. A an assortment of foods that they will be forced to eat at a picnic? Yes. Okay. A picnic is sandwiches. A picnic? Some fruit. I think we all agree on that. Sandwiches and fruit. Mm-hmm. What about egg salad? That, that Because that goes on a sandwich, egg salad sandwich. No, separate as a side. Yeah, that's fine. A pasta salad, <laughs> that's okay. But this was a charcuterie board. This was different kinds of cheeses. Prosciutto is not considered something you would just take on a picnic. That is what's going to be on your fancy charcuterie board, along with the crackers, which they had. Clearly, you've never been glamour picnicking. Okay, whose side are you on? I'm on Jeff's <laughs> side here. The man is bringing us a picnic morally and ethically. I don't feel right about criticizing this reward. <laughs> When the next thing Jeff says is that the picnic will be on a sandbar in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. That they will get taken to by helicopter. They really amped it up. Unbelievable. The consistency with these reward challenges is non-existent. It is ramped up to a thousand mm -hmm. the last couple of episodes. I saw somebody tweet that CBS directed all of their budget to these rewards once the writer's strike began. Yeah. And they just were like... <laughs> Sure, helicopter? Yeah, why not? Let's, <laughs> let's spend our money there. They have a helicopter ride to a sandbar where they will have one of the world's fanciest pic picnics. Mm -hmm. I almost couldn't say that word for a second. The challenge begins. <laughs> Interesting strategies all around. Yep. I want to tell you what I think my strategy would be. Okay, tell me. When they jump into the water, mm -hmm. they're kind of on these floating, what would you call those? Docks. Yeah, they're kind of on these little tiny floating docks, individual ones. Mm -hmm. And they jump into the water. Platform is probably the right word. Yeah, platform. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's not super deep. No, it was shockingly shallow. Yeah, but yeah. I still think you should swim. Mm. I think you should swim until you can't really, until it slows you down. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your arm when you're paddling is hitting the sand or your feet is yeah, kicking the bottom. Yeah, once you're on dry land, yeah, you should stop swimming. Well, not okay. I agree. <laughs> I think that you should then stand up and do high knees. High knees. Yeah. When you're walking in the water and you're trying to be fast, the key is to do high high knees. You want to get your foot out of the water and take a big step out of the water. Mm. Because trudging your foot and dragging it through the water, that's going to slow you down. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh-huh. So, I think that's the method here. And only really Austin gets it. Yeah. Which, as a result, Austin ends up way ahead. Mm-hmm. And gets on the barrel very, very first. He starts rolling this barrel forward. 
Everybody slowly starts to catch up to him and they flip their barrels down and start rolling. But they're all going pretty slow other than Austin. Austin's going at a fairly decent pace. Drew has an interesting strategy where he leans way back. He holds onto the ropes, leans (laughs) way back to like push the barrel forward Uh instead of just walking, Uh which he could do. (laughs) He leans way back. I thought that was... uh, uh, fun twist yep. that he had decided uh-huh. to add for himself. <laughs> this is full of some funky strategies because Austin and Jake, when they get their keys, instead of putting the key around their wrist, because this is one of the first challenges ever mm-hmm. where the key is actually attached to a bracelet. Yeah. Usually it is just like you have to like hold it in your mouth or something. I think it looked actually like it was attached not to a bracelet, but to a scrunchie. I think what they were meant to do was put their hair up in a ponytail <laughs> with it. That's what it looked like to me. No matter what they were supposed to do, Austin and Jake still put them in their mouth. <laughs> Why? Austin put two in his mouth and then put one on his wrist. You got two wrists for a reason. Well, when you haven't eaten in that long, there's probably a hope that something in the bracelet will give you a little bit of <laughs> nourishment. Some a cat, One calorie. Yeah, yeah. Something. Push it towards the end of that challenge. Mm -hmm. Julie was having fun, she says. Says, This is so fun. Did she really? Yeah, while she was in second to last place. (laughs) It was so funny because Austin gets to the puzzle first, then Drew, and then a bunch of other people, pretty much everybody else. Right. And they're all working on the puzzle, except for Keturah. She's taking her sweet time on the barrel. And while everybody's working on the puzzle, Jeff is kind of walking back and forth, watching them do the puzzle. Katura gets her barrel to her mat and stands there for a little bit, yelling at Jeff's to say, am I good? Am I good? Yeah. Hey, am I, hey, come and look at me. Am I good? Just pleading, almost like she was pleading for attention. Yeah. And Jeff, I just know all Jeff wanted to say was, yeah, Katura, you could have hopped off halfway back there and just ran through it. I, I don't care. Yeah. You're way behind. Nobody's even Nobody, looking at you, we honey. We forgot you yeah. were still racing. We forgot you were still in the challenge. What's funny to me is that during a puzzle challenge, when somebody finishes, they never finish the puzzle, look at it and say like, I did it. I'm done. I finished. They always say, Jeff, Jeff. And they always slap it with their hands. Yep. They like finish it and then they, even the slide puzzles, they like hit with their hands Mm -hmm. and then say, Jeff, Jeff. Exactly right. Yeah. Austin figures out the slide puzzle first. It's a new sli- new kind of slide puzzle that we haven't seen on the mm-hmm. show before. He gets it done and they're able to check him off. Jeff is able to check him off and Austin wins the challenge. Right. Now comes the difficult part mm-hmm. for Austin. As in all reward challenges during the individual portion of the game, the winner has to pick at least one person to go on this picnic with him. Right. You don't always know how many people you're going to get to take with you. Sometimes it's just one. Sometimes it's three. Right. It's It could be anywhere in between. Right. Austin says, I got to pick D on this one. Mm-hmm. He knew right away and See, he wasn't hiding it. It seems like he was just looking around like, every. it's pretty obvious. Uh-huh. I'm going to take my girlfriend. Uh-huh. <laughs> looking around like, is this even a question? Uh-huh. Did you even have to ask yeah. me, Jeff? <laughs> you know, we're going steady. And then Jeff says... You can pick one more person. And it's hilarious because we were just talking about this last week. Austin was so bummed. Yeah. That he had to pick one more person. I know he was thinking about just saying, no, thank you. Right. (laughs) Do I have to? (laughs) I really don't want to pick one more person. (laughs) Jeff says, pick one more person and tell me why. 
And Austin says, well, I got to be careful who I pick because I want to make sure I don't leave all of my enemies back at camp to plan my demise. And of course, right when he says that, it looks to Drew and Drew kind of just like accepts his fate that he's not going to get to go, which is sad. But like he knew right away when when Austin said that, all right, Mm -hmm. that means he's not picking me. And he didn't. He picks Katura to my complete and utter surprise. Yeah, everybody was surprised, including Katura. She was shocked. Mm Mm-hmm. That she got picked to go chaperone this little survivor <laughs> date. I just put in my notes, Katura is going to ruin Austin's date. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, Drew, of course, is really sad that he didn't get picked. He gives this sad analogy about, really, not just analogy, but shares his life experience of not getting picked in yeah. middle school for things. And then he said, you know, I get that Austin had a reason to not pick me today, but, you know, kids had reasons not to pick me in middle school, too. And basically implying it still hurt then. Right. And it still hurts now. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. You could be the worst dodgeball player in the world, but you still don't want to get picked last. I know. It's sad. They go back to the Dakuaka Beach. Speaking of sad, Drew is depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's decided to make it his personality. He's taking it. Way more personally than in a hilarious way. Right. He is so mad to be the babysitter. Like, that's not what he wants to do. He's so mad that he, he, Captain America (laughs) throws the lid to the rice pot. I think he was going for that Captain America look. Mm -hmm. But it kind of had like the vibe of whenever Michael Scott's throwing up that pizza dough and he throws it into the ceiling fan. You know, just like when you're trying to look cool Mm -hmm. and it just does not go that way. Like, it just didn't really land for me. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of when Elastigirl, a.k.a. Oh, Mrs. Incredible, yeah. slings that manhole cover. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but that was cool. That was what it looked like to uh-huh. me. Just Drew gave me those Honestly, Elastigirl vibes. Honestly, he kind of has Elastigirl vibes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times in TV writing, the writers will think about what is like a duo or a trio or who are these people who don't ever have storylines together that we can put in this episode and create this unique dynamic. Dynamic, exactly. We've talked about this before. There are benefits and um, the opposite of benefits, whatever that word is, to having a reality TV show that has no scripts to it. I would say one of the downsides is that you can't manufacture those sort of unique dynamics. But Austin did that. He created this little unique dynamic back at camp Mm -hmm. that gave us this really funny you know, beeline story that we could watch. <laughs> yeah, of these three. And Austin points it out in mm-hmm. his confessional. He says, I know that they're not plotting anything back there because they hate each other. Uh-huh. Those, he was 100% those right. at war. Unfortunately, he overestimated the hate between Julie and Jake. Right. Julie did hate Jake until everybody else turned on her. And now Julie's down to do anything with Jake. She'll, <laughs> she'll, they walk off, Jake and Julie, to go look for peppers. Yeah. Peppas, <laughs> as Jake calls them. And uh, Julie is talking to Jake. This made me laugh out loud. She says something like, yeah, I just feel like Drew's obviously just here to babysit us. Like, definitely me. Right. And Jake says, oh, yeah, yeah, I need to be babysat too. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean you need to be babysat? <laughs> Like he's like proud of it. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, Yo, heck yeah. Uh-huh. No, I'm me too. Not just you. I just want to fit in. I, I also need to be, I'm a wild child. <laughs> they decide yeah. to go rogue together and they say, oh, I'm down to look for idols if you are. Yeah. 
I really liked that. Jake says, I'm a fun babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever we want. Then comes the old helicopter. This, speaking of producers manufacturing drama, mm-hmm. this was the first moment in Survivor that I can remember in a long time where this is clearly a producer moment to like stir up a little bit of drama. What? They have the the helicopter fly right past the camp. Yeah, so this is uh they took a note out of the Bachelor franchise's book. Yeah, they did. They Once actually... a season, a contestant on that will get a date where they go on a helicopter and they will fly the helicopter over the Bachelor mansion. And that will cue all of the other people who aren't on the date to spiral. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what they did with this. They are, the producers are trying to break Drew. Uh-huh. They're trying <laughs> To break his will. They all three of them go out there to look at it. Mm -hmm. And now this isn't word for word, um, but it basically is. Drew says, life sucks. Jake says, it's not too bad. I mean, we're on Survivor. Drew says, look, man, every day I clean this crusty rice (laughs) off that pot. I'm freaking miserable. I hate it here. (laughs) And Jake says, you're on Survivor. Yeah. I, I admire Jake keeping it light. He's doing fantastic this episode, keeping things light. Really? I thought the opposite. I thought I would be so annoyed if I was Drew. <laughs> We've all been in that situation where we're upset and we're angry and then there's somebody, we're trying to vent to somebody and they're just like, I don't see what you're so upset about. Like, you, you've got it pretty good. Could be you're worse. Like, like, really? Did you not hear a word I just said? <laughs> I was scraping crusty rice <laughs> off the pot for an hour a day. Like he just, Jake just, his relentless positivity is unbearable. But it's what keeps you alive in this survivor game. Yeah. You can't let, you cannot let the helicopter ride get to you. <laughs> Drew was Rule on number the verge. one, when you sign up for a reality TV show, you know there's going to be a helicopter that flies right in front of you just to taunt you. Well, really what Jake's positivity did was it allowed Drew to refocus his negative energy and point it back at the game. Mm-hmm. Toward Jake. Right. And Julie. <laughs> he was reminded quickly like, oh yeah, I forgot I hate you guys. I got to get you out. <laughs> well, meanwhile, on the helicopter, Katura notices, hey, wait a second. Austin and Dee are snuggling over there. He has his hand on her knee and her hand is on top of his hand and they're they're close together. Mm-hmm. And Katura's just off on the side by herself. Mm-hmm. So she says, I'm starting to notice that maybe I'm the third wheel here. <laughs> Starting to notice yeah. Then cut to a talking head of D talking about Austin, about their connection, how it's been really fun. And she says, I don't know. I'm really excited I got to go. I think that this is really fun for us, like not even as part of the game, but just like as part of our personal relationship. And then she just goes quiet a minute. And then she looks to the producer and says, what was the question? And I love whenever they have these like raw moments where you hear the producer. Um, the producer says... Yeah, what's the, what's the deal with you and Austin? She says, like, nothing. I just, like, he's cool. And the producer says, you're acting like you're smitten. And then she does this, you know, bashful smile. And this made me feel excited that maybe she does like him back. Yeah, she does. She even says, I am I am a little smitten. They just basically lost all discretion. Mm-hmm. As soon as they were on that helicopter, they just were transported. Right. Away from the game and... We're on a date and also forgot Katura exists <laughs> for some reason. Like, I feel like they were probably, maybe it was just in my head. I feel like every time Katura said something, like they didn't even react. Uh-huh, like, yeah. they didn't even, their facial expressions <laughs> didn't change. It was as if she was just a ghost and it wasn't really there. They land on the, the sandbar mm-hmm. 
and lay out their picnic. And I got to be honest, you know, we've talked about how I'm a little jaded and I would never go on Survivor because I wouldn't be able to do it physically. Mm-hmm. As soon as Jeff said, oh, you'll do the picnic out on this beautiful sandbar out in the middle of the ocean, I thought, they better have some umbrellas or something. <laughs> got to have some shade. That sounds miserable. Honestly, honestly. Just sitting, laying out in the sun. Yes. Eating your picnic. They're doing it in the shade of the helicopter. Yeah. But there's not much shade from the helicopter because the way the sun is. Oh, yeah. It's just one blade. They're sitting in the (laughs) the shade of one single blade. The blade of the (laughs) helicopter. Oh, more exotic, but not nearly as practical. Right. As a good umbrella. (laughs) This is probably the worst place to be a third wheel. Literally no escaping. You're on mm-hmm. a basically a tiny island with mm-hmm. no trees, no nothing. It's just flat sand, you know, about 10, 10 feet both ways. And so it's like Katura couldn't go anywhere to give them their space even if she tried. It seemed like in those wide panning shots, I did what I could to, to you know, they're sitting on the picnic blanket eating their their food and talking and laughing with each other. And I did what I could to try and read their lips, but it's tough. It's such a great distance. <laughs> but what I, from what I could tell, what they were saying was, it sounded like Austin was saying like, no, you're the cutest. And <laughs> Dee was like, no, you're the cutest. And then Austin was like, Katura, isn't, isn't she the cutest? And Katura was like, I hate you guys. <laughs> and that's like, from what I could tell, that's what they were saying to each other. We get a talking head from Austin saying how... He feels really special, basically, that D has taken an interest in him because he used to be really insecure as a kid. And he got done dirty. The Survivor <laughs> producers asked him, hey, just for science, why don't you send us the ugliest pictures of you as a child? We won't do anything with them. And they put him on TV for the whole world to see of Austin <laughs> with just horrible acne, awful <laughs> braces. Like, it was it was not great for him. <laughs> I was, When Austin started his story, I thought, oh, I can't be that bad. He's like, well, look at him now, you know? Mm-hmm. Can, and then I saw the pictures, I thought, wow, what an inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a glow up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Finally, we get somebody using an excuse to go look for an idol. I have been wanting this. For so long. For so long. You really have. I always think when anybody goes to look for an idol, just say you're going to the bathroom. Just say I'm going to go film some talking heads. Like, use an excuse instead of just disappearing somewhere. And I mean a good excuse, not I'm going to go get some water and then you go off in the opposite direction of the water well. Look for some peppers. Yeah. (laughs) Jake says, I'm going to go change down on the beach. Now that is a excellent excuse. Nobody's going to come in. And try and find you while you're supposedly naked somewhere. It's a great Cover. little... Yeah, this is a great segment mm-hmm. for Jake. He goes oh, down to the beach yeah, it was. to change his clothes. And then he goes and starts looking for an idol. He finds a clue mm-hmm. to the hidden immunity idol. The, the clue tells him that it's hidden somewhere in a secret compartment in the bamboo on the on the raft on the beach. So he goes back to where the raft is and... Stroke of genius. I, I, I thought this is something that will go unappreciated by, you know, like the jury, for example, mm-hmm. but really so great. He strips down to his underwear <laughs> and is looking through the raft while in his underwear so that if somebody walks in on him, he can say, oh, yeah, sorry, I was just changing. Uh-huh. Look, a mid-change. Yes. And... uh No one catches him. No. Which is a bummer. I almost wanted someone to catch him. 
But it's okay because Jake's comfortable in his underwear. Yeah, this is hilarious. This is the funniest talking head probably ever in all of Survivor. In all of Survivor. He's just watching his train of thought move through his brain. It's yeah. pretty funny. Says he's comfortable in his underwear because he was in a play where he had to be in his underwear on stage in front of everybody. So it doesn't bother him. Long pause. He was in college, so. He was in college. It was a good show. So I'm looking for the idol. Yeah. <laughs> in my underwear. <laughs> it was so funny. I would like to see that play with Jake in it. The more I see Jake, the more I love him. Mm-hmm. I watched an episode of Survivor with my mom over this week. She doesn't watch it. She only listens to the podcast. I ha- I introduced her to one episode, and I think her takeaway was that she liked Jake quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And looking at it through somebody's eyes who hadn't seen it before and, you know, had just happened to watch some random episode that I picked for her, I thought, Jake is pretty cool. He's a great guy. He's super likable. Yeah. Although he doesn't have this huge resume, he's good TV. He's and he's a really likable from a viewer standpoint. Yeah, that positivity that he has is very endearing mm-hmm. as a viewer. It may be obnoxious to live with at times, but overall, you want to be with somebody who's more positive than negative. Absolutely. And you want to watch someone who's more positive mm-hmm. than negative. It's nice to have both as a viewer on the show, but you always like the positive person. Right. So, and Jake is that. He's he's a, a lot of positivity. And he hasn't had the easiest game either. Maybe he's got a good underdog story for his final tribal plea. I think he's got a great underdog story, especially because in this scene, he finds the hidden immunity idol in the secret compartment, in the raft. He pulls it out. He says, I've got my idol. And he sticks it down the front of his underwear and says, now my crotch idol. <laughs> and I thought, that's not a bad band name. <laughs> All right. Well, let's head to a break. And when we come back, I'll give you a breakdown for that immunity challenge. With Christmas less than two months away, now is the perfect time to head over to Jancy Co. to snag some of those great holiday deals for that special someone in your life. Macrame, embroideries, weavings, Jancy & Co. is here to make the perfect alliance with your holiday shopping needs. For a limited time, save 26% with code HOLIDAYMERGE at Jancy & Co. on Etsy and at jancyann.com. Do your order fast because this deal is going to expire here pretty soon. I promise y'all this is going to make the perfect Christmas gift. That's Jancy & Co. on Etsy or jancyann.com. Spelled J-A-N-C-Y-A-N-N dot com. And the links are in the show notes. And we're back. Mags, let's get that immunity challenge breakdown. Before I break it down, I've actually got a few things to talk about. Well, let's talk about what you want to talk about. This is your time. They're all walking into the challenge and Jake says, you're looking good, Jeff. And Jeff says, so are you all. Why couldn't he just have said it to, Je- to uh-huh. Jake? Kind of uh diss. It just kind of had like the vibes of like uh, Donna on that 70s show when she tells Eric, I love you. And he responds, and I love cake. <laughs> it's like he's so close to just saying it, yeah. you know. And so are you. And then he just has to say all. Oh. You know, he, he can't he can't just give Jake a compliment. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I didn't Anyways, notice that. Jeff asks Jake, 
when you're back at home and you're telling your friends, I was out here on the beach, a survivor. Oh, that's not a that's not a Boston accent. That was a little British. I thought it was pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyways, all this to say, Jeff impersonates Jake's accent. Mm-hmm. And I wondered what you thought of it. We're always doing impressions. Yeah. What'd you think? I can see why the players don't respect Jeff anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a great accent. It was not great. I mean, <laughs> and we, I, I'm not one to talk. <laughs> yeah, we don't do good accents either, but we are also not authority figures. Mm-hmm. All right. People don't look up to us. Yeah. Jeff, kids are watching you. Yeah. You know, they want to be you. And when you pull that kind of BS, <laughs> it's just not good. It's not good for anybody. All right. You ready for the challenge breakdown? I still have one more thing. Okay. <laughs> Drew approaches Jeff to give him the immunity necklace back. And he turns around and kind of bends down so that Jeff can take it off for him. Mm-hmm. And everybody kind of laughs. They're like, oh, Drew basically kneeling so that Jeff can take that necklace off and Drew's kind of just like, huh, yeah. And something that I appreciate about Drew is that tall isn't his personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are a lot of times there are tall guys who just like, they decide like, I'm tall and that's who I am. But Mm -hmm. he has made like no references to it at all, which is like the equivalent of a vegan not telling anybody they're vegan. I mean, I run into him all the time when I'm at Whole Foods because I'm (laughs) gluten-free. Okay, are you finally ready for this challenge breakdown? I'm ready for the challenge breakdown. Right. Give it to us. Because you're not going to get it. I've got one more. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> okay. So, for this challenge, the castaways put a foot on the end of a hinged beam. At the other end is a ball. Their job is to keep that ball balanced for as long as they can. When their ball drops, they're out. Pretty simple challenge. But it was a brand new challenge. Brand new, which we like to see. Yeah, endurance I liked it type, quite a bit. Yeah, endurance type challenge. Looked like a tough one. Oh, yeah. You have to keep your leg up. It's all about balance and strength in the leg that's uh, grounded. Mm-hmm. How, how much can you hold that knee bend? Mm-hmm. The challenge begins. They're all doing fairly well at the beginning. Mm-hmm. All three men immediately let their ball roll down to the end of their little board. Right. Which is circular on the end, it's wider, and it has a lip. Right. Which makes it a little bit safer. Mm -hmm. All three women try and keep the ball right in the middle. Right. Which is in the lip, but the problem is that it's right next to, if they drop their foot at all, next to the the part of the board with no lip. Right. And it's ready to roll right off. Mm Mm-hmm. So, my, what do you think is a better strategy? My very first thought is you got to let it roll down to the end of the of the board, right? right? To use that lip. Okay. Because your foot is more likely to drop than it is to go higher. Right. So, if, you, if your foot drops, then it's safer. Mm-hmm. This is immediately proven right when Julie loses her ball. Right. She had been doing so well, she slightly drops her foot and because her ball was right next to the... Mm-hmm. The danger zone, as the experts call it <laughs> in this game, she loses her ball. But then Jake proves me wrong because he loses the ball off the end of his. <laughs> so really, all this to say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Do whatever you want. All this analysis, is the conclusion is just don't move your leg. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> exactly. 
they kind of start dropping out and left to D, Austin, and Drew, which is kind of fun because they're all in an alliance together. Supposedly. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. And D asks Austin, how you feeling? And he just says, oh, I don't know. And that, that bugs me because, you know, I really think that trash talking can actually get you far in these mm-hmm. endurance challenges. Mm-hmm. That was his window to say, fan-freaking-tastic. I literally have never skipped a leg day a day in my life. <laughs> I will be up here till the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. That's your window to start smack-talking, but he didn't, which left the window open for D to start smack-talking. So then she said, because I feel really good. I feel like I've only been doing this for one minute. And I just think, well, that Tell was your chance. Started, yeah. D is great at this. Mm-hmm. This is now the second endurance challenge that she has won the mental game. Mm-hmm, absolutely. The psychological warfare has begun. Drew is, he's just showing off. He has like a 30 <laughs> second long just showboat fest. Yes. Where he's dancing, he's hopping on one leg. Yeah. He's keeping Trying to the, find his the balance. ball is dancing around and he recollects himself. Right. As if none of it ever happened. Absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because a lot of people are losing their balance, you know, before mm-hmm. they go out, mm-hmm. but they just look like they're doing exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, losing their balance, they fall, they fail. But for whatever reason, when Drew was trying to regain his balance, he looked like he was like doing karate, like taekwondo. Like he seriously looked like Danny LaRusso was about to like sweep <laughs> the leg. <laughs> When you're in a situation like that where you're trying to regain your balance, your body goes into pure instinct mode, uh-huh. okay? None of those movements that Drew was doing are something that a conscious mind could execute. <laughs> that was purely animal instinct. He just went, Honestly. He went savage yes, uh-huh. for about 30 seconds right. and just let the energy flow through his body <laughs> to recenter his balance. It's pretty impressive It stuff. was, yeah. Jeff says that their dream team did this challenge and that it lasts 21 minutes. The dream team is a group of employees for the show Survivor who... Physically interns. Interns. Mm-hmm. Who test out these challenges beforehand. Um, whenever they show you a preview of the challenge before the challenge, those are the dream team members who are completing this and testing it. They make sure that you know the challenge is feasible, not too easy, not too hard. I've heard that they have a reward for their dream teamers. Because they have to try and recreate the drive that the players have, hmm. you know? Yeah. Because the dream teamers probably won't hold on for as long as these people will because they don't have a million dollars on the line. So hmm. I'm not sure what the reward is, but I know that they have some sort of reward involved for the dream team. Are you sure it's not a million dollars? I'm not sure, to be honest. <laughs> That's, if they want to really replicate the drive, <laughs> that's what they should do. But D and Austin beat that 20 minutes pretty easy. So the reward must not have been that great. <laughs> yeah. Drew falls out pretty soon after his his kind of spastic moment of impressiveness. Right. <laughs> and it's just Austin and Drew. They're kind of in this showdown. They're lasting quite a while. Austin and D. Did you say Drew? I don't remember. Okay. But probably... Austin and Dee are in this showdown, just the two of them, and it's lasting quite a while. There's, you know, lots of shots of them standing there, their faces focused. I thought for sure Austin was standing there thinking, our kids are going to love watching this someday. (laughs) And then Dee was standing there thinking, I can't lose this or I'm going to have to break up with him. (laughs) 
And those were their motivations. Uh-huh. And it showed. Yep, there we go. Austin drops out. Mm-hmm. Pretty expectedly, he he was wavering and she was unwavering. It's probably saved their relationship because I don't think Dee can be in a relationship with someone who beat her. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. Dee does kind of have the vibe of somebody who's like really competitive at a game night. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, um, probably uncomfortably competitive (laughs) for someone like me who's casually competitive. (laughs) After Austin loses, he waddles over to D in the funniest way I've ever seen because supposedly his leg is dead. Yeah, it looked like he was hyperextending his knee. He's walking over there. Was that a bit? Do you really think he couldn't walk? Yeah. (laughs) I bet his leg was just completely asleep or something. Because if I were D, that would have gave me the ick. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have been like, that's okay. I don't need you to come all the way over here to give me a hug in that weird way. (laughs) D wins the immunity necklace. After she's given it to her, they cut to a commercial break. But in the tag before the commercial break, Drew states his intentions to get out Julie. He says he can't live with his own failure. Mm-hmm. She just, she really is. She's just this walking reminder of his thwarted plans uh-huh. and he can't take it anymore. His worst quality mm-hmm. is he's a perfectionist. <laughs> so he's got to get rid of her. <laughs> After the commercial break, we get to the Dakawaka beach. Dee and Austin have some playful banter here. Right. Like a competitive couple. Yeah. These guys, this conversation really gave me the vibes of... When you're at like a couple's game night mm-hmm. and there's that one couple who just is way too competitive with each other and it makes everybody else uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what they were giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of speaking of getting the ick. Mm-hmm. I was getting the ick a little bit. <laughs> I was, I mean, I watched the show. There are a lot of people this season. I feel like, yeah, that'd be fun to hang out with them. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be anywhere close to this. Yeah. That this was not one of those moments. Yeah. Basically anytime I see... Um, Caleb and Kelly talking on the jury. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I'd like to be there. Yeah. And seeing this interaction between Dee and Austin, I was thinking, I'd like to be anywhere but there. Yeah. I would not want to play cover your assets with those uh, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That would be bad. Meanwhile, Julie and Jake are hatching their plan. I loved this. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled to see the resistance starting <laughs> to form. Finally, somebody wants to play survival with Jake. Yes, I loved it. Jake is pulling some strings. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting 11 episodes for this. Yeah. It was exciting to see. And of course, Jake talks to Katura about it. Katura talks to Dee because she always turns around and tells everything to Dee. <laughs> no, she's not supposed to. Luckily for her, Dee's on board. Oh, right. Everybody wants to get out Drew except for Austin. Mm-hmm. And Drew, of course. He, he <laughs> wants to keep himself around. Jake is finally getting some confidence. I'd love to see it. Yeah. This is also a contrast to two episodes ago where right before Tribal, Jake was crying on the beach saying he felt so stupid and he thought he was going to be better than this. Mm. Flash forward to now that right before Tribal, he has that classic confident talking head where he refers to himself in third person saying, that's not good for Jake's plan. Jake's got to do what Jake's got to do. <laughs> that crotch idol changed him. It really did. I don't know what it, it was. It just gave him the confidence that he needed. Give him a straight boost of testosterone. Mm-hmm. But answer me this. Didn't that idol expire tonight or does it expire tomorrow? I next, mean, next week. Next week. Okay. So at the final five. So he has two tribals to use it either tonight or next week. That's right. Drew is on the opposite side of the spectrum here. He has no idea what's brewing. 
he's getting a little high on his own supply. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is just drinking the Drew Kool-Aid. <laughs> he thinks he is... Drool-Aid. The, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Drool-Aid. Yes. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> he is thinking that he's he's made it to the final three. He's going to get Julie out tonight. And then he genuinely has this great connection with Austin and is going to go to the final two. And he's got a great point that that is usually a recipe for success. If you have just one other person that you can genuinely trust and go to the end with, it is a great way to make it to the final three. Right. Unfortunately for Drew, what he doesn't realize is that his his genuine connection with Austin, Austin's whipped. Yeah. He's... Austin is like Anakin Skywalker, who has given up his his Jedi hood to be with Padme. <laughs> that's what that's Austin's situation. That's hilarious. And poor poor Drew sits there like Obi Wan Kenobi, just trying to <laughs> just trying to be a good Jedi. All right. That's so funny. I was thinking that whole time where he was saying like it's a great recipe. You know, we'll get to the final tribal and we'll get to plead our case. And I was thinking. It's a great recipe for Austin because he's the JT, but you're the fishback. <laughs> yeah. You know? Honestly, yes. No, but it, I mean, even Austin has fallen from that JT comparison because he really is. He's just fallen under D's spell, which right. is what makes this episode so great for D. It really shows how much everybody just kind of bends to her will. Right. And how she's willing to do things to other people that they're not willing to do to her. Yep. This is shown exactly mirroring what happened last episode. D mm-hmm. is now in the position that Austin was in, mm-hmm. where she has to decide, am I going to help Austin save his number one? And she decides, no, I am not going to help him, which was the right move for her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The right move. In this game, but she will probably grow old alone, single. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, this this is... Uh... Austin's going to be questioning everything after this. Is it real? Was she playing me? They tease before Tribal Council that Dee may have told Austin. Right. And the thought is that this is the last Tribal Austin can play his amulet. He may play it for Drew. Mm-hmm. And it can be used as an idol to protect him. So th- that's a possibility. I thought I put my prediction... I think D lied to Austin, didn't tell him, and Drew's going home. Okay. That was my prediction. At Tribal Council, they pretty much just summarize the episode for the jury. Yep. They do what we're doing now, but for the jury in real time. <laughs> Drew is a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. Well, sitting. Yeah. <laughs> Squatting. Squat, <laughs> yes. On that little stool. He is talking about how if he can make it through tonight, he's got a clear path to the final three. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Bold he know that words. is yeah that is truly spoken like somebody who's about to get out. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's almost a survivor cliche. Uh huh. It is that the person who is so overly confident at tribal council gets voted out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you want to talk about the limbo analogy or no? No. Okay, we won't. But we'll leave that in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> what I do want to talk about is after the votes are cast, mm-hmm. Jeff says, "Would anybody like to play an idol?" Yeah. Austin has his idol that expires tonight. So he says, well, I don't think I need to, but I don't want to have a souvenir, so I'm going to play this. 
I just, I don't think it's, it's not a cool look to play an idol when you don't need to. I get it. You'd rather be safe than sorry, but how cool is it when you have an idol and you don't play it and you don't need it? And you keep it. Uh-huh. And you pull it out at the final tribal council and right. you say, hey, look, I knew what was happening every vote. I just kept it. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that's not a super great look to the jury when you play an idol that didn't need to be played. Now, granted, like half the jury went home with idols in their pockets. Right. So maybe they'll respect maybe it they a little bit. Maybe they respect that gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. It's not the coolest thing. I thought Austin was going to play it for Drew. I thought he was yeah. going to pick up on it. And he was going to play it for Drew. And he even thought maybe there was a possibility that D told him for right. just a split second. Yep. But as soon as he plays it for himself, I knew, oh. So sad. D did not tell yeah. him and he is in for... A heartbreaker yeah. of a tribal council. Uh-huh. Jeff reads the votes, and sure enough, Drew goes home. It's yeah. four to two. Only Drew and Austin voted for Julie. Everyone else voted for Drew. In a single night, Austin lost his number one ally in Drew and his other number one ally in D because she lied to him. She lied to him. So all of a sudden, he's on the bottom of a tribe that he was once on the top of. Mm-hmm. What lengths will Dee go to to repair her relationship with Austin? Yeah, I really wanted them to show a little bit of it in the preview for next week, but they didn't. They didn't. He was trying to look at Dee, and she would not make eye contact with him. Mm-hmm. She was avoiding it. Yep. She was avoiding it at all costs. Drew's mad that he got voted out. Uh-huh. Rightfully so. I appreciated that. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. This is what we want. We want people to hate getting voted out just as much as... They hate the other people on the beach, mm-hmm. and Drew hates it, a lot of people. Yep. <laughs> He's mad. Kelly clocks it. She appreciates it. Mm-hmm. Katura is the only one who says bye. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to get that jury vote. Yeah, she is, which is hilarious. Drew's going to tear her apart, final uh-huh. tribal. <laughs> this whole season, Drew has been such a great player because he gives us so much to talk about. Yeah, honestly. Like on our episodes, we talk about Drew all the time Mm -hmm. and I just worried, what are we going to talk about next week? It'll be a short episode. It will be. We'll have our recap of the finale will be like 25 minutes long. (laughs) He didn't quite fit that villain role for me, but he was definitely an antagonist in the sense that he wasn't afraid to butt heads with people. Yeah, for sure. And I liked that. Mm -hmm. Well, Jeff sends them to a new camp. They are not going back to the Dakuwaka beach. They have to start over on a new beach, which is just cruel. But were they expecting this? Because this has been happening the last few seasons. But last season, whenever they came to this tribal council, they brought a ton of their belongings. They brought their machete, their pot, any rice they had. They brought everything. Mm -hmm. And so whenever Jeff said, you will be going to a new beach, they were like, okay, it's okay. We got all of our stuff. These guys didn't seem that prepared. No, they did not. And once again, speaks to just how much this cast has been missing Mm -hmm. compared to previous seasons. Right. Like they just are not made up of the same like critical thinking material. Right. As we've gotten used to over the last couple Mm -hmm. of seasons. And that's definitely been felt in the gameplay. I agree. Let's get to our voting stats, shall we? Yep, I've got them right here. Julie has got 11 votes. Jake has seven. D has one. Two people remain voteless. Katura and Austin. There is one advantage in play, and that is Jake's idol. 
All right, let's do our best move and worst move, shall we? Um, worst move, I'll go first. I, I got to say that Drew's overconfidence is going to be my worst move. Right. Um, I mean, that combined with Austin being a simp. I mm-hmm. think that's, <laughs> as, the call, as the kids are saying these days, <laughs> I think Drew needed to have a little bit of paranoia there. Sure. To his credit... I don't know if credit's the right word, but to make an excuse for Drew, nobody had been making any sort of plans all season long. <laughs> he, he says in one of his confessionals that he's basically been running the merge. Mm-hmm. And that is 100% true. Absolutely Him, it is. Together with Austin and Dee and a little bit of Julie, they had been running everything. Right. And he should have used the, the Julie vote, Julie playing her idol and saving herself. That should have been a bigger wake-up call to him. Right. And shook him out of that, just kind of that cocky feeling like he was on top of the world, but mm-hmm. it didn't. And it ends up costing him his life in the game. Very true. I've got best move, and I'm thinking it was D getting Drew out, separating Austin and Drew. Yeah. Yep. Now, now. she, now she, worst case scenario, has to go up against Austin and Julie. But the more people she can get out from her original alliance, the better she's looking. I think even if she just goes with Austin and Julie, I think she's in a great spot. Yeah. She has the move of getting rid of Austin's number one. Right. And she has the move of saving, using Austin to save her number one. Right. Oh, that is so true, honestly. Dee's looking good. I do think that Austin can spin it. If they go up against each other in a final tribal that will be close. And it will just come down to who can articulate it best. Yep. Dee's biggest challenge, and if she can do it, it, it's looking possible. We'll have to see, obviously, next week. But she just has to continue to keep her relationships with Austin and Julie strong enough mm-hmm. that they won't turn on her. Right. If, if she can continue, because right now, as of before tr- this tribal council... She had both of them wanting to take her to the final three. That's right. So she can continue that. She's basically guaranteed final four. For sure. I liked this episode quite a bit. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. It was really D taking the reins. Right. And um, continuing to show us that she's here to win. Mm -hmm. Not just here, you know, treating it like. Yeah. It's (laughs) not. I I mean, we're not watching Love is Blind out here. I want to see some savagery. You, know? <laughs> you must not have seen Love is Blind because that has been savage lately. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a bad example, yeah. <laughs> the Golden Bachelor would have been a better one. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, we would love to hear your thoughts on the season. Please feel free to click the email hyperlinked in the show notes or send it to at the Merge Feast Pod on TikTok or Instagram or at the Merge Feast on X, a.k.a. Twitter. Yeah, our email address is linked in the show notes, so just click on it and send us your pick for the winner of this season. Can't wait to hear from you guys, and we'll see you next week.